People deluded, I'm back again. Thank you very much for tuning in each and every time to my podcast. People, I won't lie to you. I'm only doing this podcast right now. I mean, recording at this particular time is because I actually wanted to do a couple videos, but my camera's not charged. So I thought I might as well take advantage and record this podcast. A lot of you like my content, but you don't always hear and see what goes behind it. Like you lot, I have a life as well. And there's a million things I'd rather be doing. As you can potentially hear from my voice, I'm kind of coming down under the weather a bit. Um, so yeah, man, need to go and drink some ginger and honey and whatnot. But there's been a lot of football played, and there's going to be a lot, lot of football played this week in the Premier League. So I might as well just offer my general football thoughts. And if you like what I have to say, you're gonna stick. If not, farewell. But um, let's start with the Cat Yarabel Cup. Now, admittedly, people, I can't remember who's everyone's got, but I've seen Arsenal have got Liverpool away and. Yeah, in the Premier League, that hasn't been a good story. Let's see what the cup throws up. And I'm excited to see our young players go out there and, and see what they can do at Anfield. I'm not naive. I Obviously, you we'll get on to Liverpool and all the young players in general. But I don't think we'll see Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones and all them young players similar to Arsenal. We won't. Both teams, what I'm trying to get at is they'll probably strengthen the teams because of the opposition. You might see one or two first team players playing. You might see the Jones and the Elliots and all of these guys and Saka and Martinelli and all of these Arsenal guys. But both teams are going to play slightly, slightly stronger teams. Neither team wants to do badly but they've both got bigger priorities so there'll be players rested but both will put out a respectable side and they owe it to the fans people but moving on with the Cat Yarabel Cup and I'm sure you've seen it's been I like to watch it because you see the players of tomorrow and potential futures of tomorrow stars of the future um from a Nottingham Forest um, point of view I can't remember the other lad they gave a debut to but young English international Alex Mighton made his debut at Arsenal Luke Maveson, Maveson, I can never say his name, Rochdale lad, Rochdale have a couple of lads, is it Peter Thomas, they got him, they sold Dean Ashted to Rochdale, there's a couple young players Rochdale be creating around that sort of area, Luke obviously equalised for Rochdale in their defeat on penalties away at Old Trafford and you've seen the wonderful story how he's going to be back at school tomorrow and whatnot. ironically he's been linked with United for the last year or so and I know a lot of you have seen me do videos on him, he's a very good fullback for his age and right now it could be worth just staying at Rochdale because he's playing obviously 16 he's not going to play week in week out um he's, he does but and he's got the ability to play frequently but he's still growing he's still at school and all of these things but that being said minutes are currency you're at the right place to to, to get games and get experience and when the time comes and you want to move and right now he's 16 does he want to go to let's say city for example a cat a academy cat one as they as they say um competing in the youth league and things you see guys like um Jaden Garth, I can't say his name, uh, I think I got it written down, but he played sick against Shakhtar, you've got Morgan Rogers that's joined West Brom, you've got the homegrown lads like Tommy Doyle and, and obviously um, Hardwood, Hardwood Bellis and all of these homegrown and domestically sourced players at City in a more competitive environment in terms of youth competing, being a good player is not, being a good outstanding youth player isn't amazing when you're at City because all of you, like if everybody's good, like it's not amazing you get um so he could go there and develop and potentially leave when he's 18 19 if he's not given chances more developed um by that logic but i would think he's in a good place there's no need to rush minutes his currency moves will happen so it's good to see him play and score goals because that's what we all used to dream when we thought we could be footballers mason greenwood obviously continued his fairy tale man united equalizing for united as well i mean score did i don't even i saw i only saw the highlights people i'm not gonna lie i don't even know if he scored or he 
equalised, man. I think, no, I'm bugging out. Luke equalised for, for Rochdale. Um, if I don't know people, United fans, either way, they both scored, in it. Obviously, from an Arsenal perspective, it's nice to see Martinelli getting two goals. Good for his confidence. First start under the lights at the Emirates. Saka, obviously, sadly came on in sad circumstances because Emil Smith-Rowe got injured. Um, thankfully, he's not going to be out too long. It's a more precautionary sort of thing. He's got a, um, he suffered a concussion. But in all the minutes Saka's got, he was unfortunate to be subbed against we um, West Brom. Aston Villa, he obviously shone against Frankfurt. He played well again in his latest game. So he's had three opportunities and he's grabbed them with both hands. And to be fair with you, yeah, you could look at his age and the need to protect him and just his look after him physically because he's just turned 18. But beyond all of that, people, there's no reason why he hasn't thrown his hat in the ring to start against Man United, people. I know it's away from home. I know it's a tough experience. But whether he has a good or bad game, I'll support him. And that will help him develop more so than any under-23 game can happen. And just in terms of, I believe, in earning your place on merit, you there's, on t in terms of playing well and merit, Saka, Willock, and probably Chambers are the ones you're looking at. On merit, they deserve to get some game time at Arsenal um, to get it, people. So it's good to see Saka, Martinelli, Emil in the minutes you could. Nelson had a stronger second half um, obviously senior players returning from injury putting positive performances from an Arsenal perspective but I love this competition for the young players you obviously saw Reese James and Callum Hudson-Odoi both get on the score sheet in the 7-1 victory I believe I saw the highlights Chelsea versus Grinsby that's great for their confidence for me people I believe Reese James is one of them man there I don't want to gas it and whatnot but he's one of them players that are at a club for 10 or so years. You know when you think of a team. And he's just one of them on the team sheet. I see him long term as potential captain material. He's extremely consistent. Chelsea fans and coaches might say different. But primarily I've seen him play right back. I've seen him play centre half in three at the back. When Chelsea have been dominating. I've seen him play central midfield. So that could be a debate. You can already see how there's similarities with Trent Arnold. In the sense that they're completely different. But Trent was a central midfielder. And to be fair... I'm sure Klopp's got over flirted with the idea of just not obviously not playing him there. He's probably a right back, but flirting with the idea of utilizing him there. So there's it'd be interesting to see what Reese James can do. But he's one of them. You can tell he's it's all good being a good player, but you need to be able to receive information and improve, and he can do that. He obviously did his thing at Wigan. The only bad thing I got to say about Reese James is the club he plays for, really and truly, because I'm an Arsenal fan. But he's a serious player. Listen, people and. Obviously, he's got to learn. He's just coming back from injury and it's good that he's 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 had that little moment. But let's not put too much pressure on him. But he could be serious. I don't need to tell you about Callum Hodgson-Odoi. Again, um, he needs to just get fit and stay fit and take it every day as it comes. <sighs> Apologies, people. Got a cold. But he's someone that's a serious sort of player, people. And Lampard said, he even said that him and Pulisic, I believe, didn't have the best of first halves in terms of what he kind of told them to go out there and do. So, yeah, he's not fully fit and he's lacking in terms of that. He's not going to be at his best, but it shows he's still developing. <laughs> apologies, people, man. I really apologize, apologize for that, man. Let me blow my nose one second. This is a podcaster's... Worst nightmare, people. But moving on from that, City obviously gave some young players chances. You saw Garcia, you saw Dionke on the bench, Harwood Bellis and whatnot. Benambe played all right, and he done all right against Shakhtar as well. And a number of City players, and whether players make it at City is another debate. But it's nice to see these players get get um game time. 
Um, Tanganga of Spurs, obviously, he's 20 years of age and we don't know his level. I'm not watching him week in, week out Spurs, but chances are there to be given and he's been doing his thing um, for Spurs. So he could have an opportunity depending on what happens with Spurs' form. Obviously, from a Liverpool's perspective, Harvey Elliott grew into the game and was... I mean, if Curtis Jones didn't play so good, he'd be man of the match. He hit the bar about two, three times. Curtis Jones is a lovely player. If you listen to my YouTube content, you've seen I've spoken about him at length. And more often than not, do I really need to harp on and sing Curtis Jones's um, praises? He's in the same age group for England. Forgive me if I'm wrong as Tyrese John Jules and and technically Saka because he plays in that. But... These players can be special for Liverpool. Obviously, the dynamic of Liverpool and all top six clubs is it, it is hard to, for these young players to get game time, but hopefully it can happen. Whoever, I can't say his name, but that right back that Liverpool played, he's played a couple, literally a couple games for Liverpool now. Centre half, um, and I believe he can play at right back. He played at the under-17s for Holland. He looks like he could be a decent player long term. I even feel that is it Pedro Chivella? He came off the bench and Herbie Kane looked decent as well. And he's 20. He was in, named on the Golden Boy one time, I'm sure, people. The Golden Boy list. He's 20. Is it going to happen for him at Liverpool? I don't know. Obviously, Brewster made his professional debut for Liverpool as well. Um, obviously, didn't get to score, but he looks decent. I like Brewster, man. I'm keen to see what he can do, man, because he's highly spoken of. But at the end of the day, we ain't really got to see him. From a um, Brighton perspective, Tyler Richards got game time, obviously. Um, from Milton Keynes, I, I think, is it Nombe against Liverpool? I think he put a good game in, a good shift for himself. And I did some research. He's 20 years of age, so that he could be someone people are looking at. Brighton did all right as well. You saw highly talked about, is it Ted Jinx? Six foot three, six foot four. Very good pass of the ball. Can play in a couple of positions. Only 17. Quite a towering figure in that midfield. And I'm sure I've seen him filling that centre-half. I'm not watching him week in, week out. But he's someone that's highly spoken of from them sides there. And apparently Hayden Roberts got game time as well. Um, from Completely irrelevant. But former West Ham player and, and Arsenal player. Um, I believe he's at Sunderland now. George Dobson, 21 years of age i just thought i'd mention that it's nice to see him playing um week in week out for his side people um chelsea also gave game time to johnian can't say his name adjurin um very good technically very good physique in terms of being strong and whatnot towering figure as well ironically ian matt they poached as well belgian belgium dutch lad very good player man whether these guys will get a chance is another story um bit disappointed i didn't get to see fabio Tavares of rochdale come off the bench he looks all right um according to that level and if i haven't said it already shout out to jacob ramsey of aston villa getting more minutes for his club and whatnot um so that's good for them people um what else was i gonna say um what else have we got uh brings me on to i guess i gotta speak about it people pep guardiola now pep guardiola's obviously had something to say in relation to if you haven't seen it benjamin mendy and um, bernardo silver have kind of been caught up in a storm because they've taken which could be interpreted as friendly banter we're gonna get onto it all people could be interpreted as friendly banter between friends once put onto social media it's obviously especially in today's society gonna catch traction and quickly trend and become a main talking point if you don't know basically um bernardo silva put up a picture with uh, 
pretending to be ben, um, Benjamin Mendy in the sense that it was like a pick stitch, a picture of Mendy and a picture of, I don't know, the cartoon, but a cartoon, a little black kid. And obviously with racism and the connotations throughout history, did have big lips and whatnot. And he said he looked like him. Do I be- I don't know Bernardo Silva as a person. Do I believe he's be- he is racist as a person? No. Do I believe it's just banter between friends? Yes. I believe you've got to be very careful with this word banter, people, because isolated from this incident, let's be true, people. People, in- when talking about racism, they use this just banter thing as a cloak, um, as a term of healthy ignorance. In that they're not they're not being offensive. They're just finding it funny. And I didn't really like John Barnes's comments in backing up his friend Peter Beardsley in that. So, but that's irrelevant. Obviously, when it comes out in a public po- platform, it opens up this debate. I think it's f- banter between friends. For all I know, Mendy could have been finding a white equivalent and saying it's Bernardo Silva. In this incident, people, and no one could tell me nothing. You don't know I rep and talk about these racist things. Not many YouTubers talk about these sort of incidences, people. You don't know me, innit? I don't think it's a racial incident. That being said, Bernardo Silva has not covered himself in any glory. I feel it's got to be a thing where, yes, it's, it's banter or whatever, but that should stay between friends. That should all be on you lot's WhatsApp or whatnot. Um, maybe there's an ignorance in terms of a whole European sort of thing, because if you remember Griezmann, who seems to hang around with a lot of multicultural people, was caught up in blackface and Iniesta. So maybe it's a sort of ignorance thing. I don't know. But once it's gone out into the public, you've got to... You've got to take all ownership. Yes, you might not have been uh, trying to be offensive, but because of the connotations throughout history, you kind of have to admit or see how that can cause offence to some people. Um, At the end of the day, it wasn't meant in that and it wasn't to them, but you have to acknowledge that. And I feel there was a real lack of acknowledging that. And his follow-up tweet where he said something like, can't even joke with friends, was a bit distasteful. You can joke with friends. You just need to keep that in in a private forum. Once you pull it up to the public, it's up for debate. Um, I wouldn't say racism, but even me, like, of of course, I'm not on these lots level, but certain tweets I've done or certain way of talking when I wasn't doing this YouTube thing now, people are latching onto it and it's getting a bit of storm. So I see how it goes. And obviously, these people have media teams. That was disgusting. Apologies, people. Obviously, these lot have media teams and people that tell them certain things. But did no one say to him, yo, this might be a bad sort of thing. This, this, this might be a bad idea. From you've pulled it into that domain, it's up for debate. I feel Pep Guardiola, obviously he's protecting his player, but I feel Pep's comments, and I've paraphrased them really, we'll get onto it. Um, I feel really, it just it's condescending in a sense that, yes, back your player, yes, say all the points I've just acknowledged in the last couple of minutes, people, but you have to acknowledge how it can be seen as offensive because of the connotations, and Pep kind of failed to see that even if you don't agree with it just to, to kind of quiet this down people do you get what i'm saying so there's that but he said and this is obviously in relation to a talk of the fa coming down on 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 bernardo silver and i believe kick it out have condemned it personally um he said i don't know what is going to happen but they should put the focus on other issues bernardo is one of the most lovely people i've ever met in my life Guardiola obviously told reporters he speaks four or five languages that is the best way to understand how open-minded he is and one of his best friends is Mendy he's like a brother to him the image of the two is not about is not about the skin color and I did think he alluded to how it looks like him and things like that again Pep you can kind of be a bit more sensible in that regards but for me the moral of the story is if in doubt don't pull it out there that's something I've learned as well if you like stop it you've always got to stop and think yo listen 
Because it is dark humour, come on people, like, like let's be honest, we, I won't say we all joke around like that, and obviously I'm trying to do my thing in this football stuff, so I'm going to be careful, but we all have banter that goes too far, or banter with our friends that is extreme, which can be quite offensive and whatnot. I might keep that with me and Johnny down the street, or my friend Johnny or, or Alfie that we've been boys and went to secondary school with and stuff, he might say certain things, I might say certain things, and we know it's not that in it, but to the next man, to the left or the right of us, he might see that as that, and we can't, we should, you should know, you can't joke around with him like that, because you ain't got that relationship, you get it, he hasn't got that relationship in the public, yeah, there's people that, like, like me, that can kind of see that, I won't, obviously it's offensive, but I don't feel he's being intentionally bad, but he's pull it out there, and if you don't pull it out there i'm not talking about this in my segment of the podcast people are not condemning him the fa and and i believe kick it out are not coming out with statements and all of these things aren't happening if you just avoid that incident people do you get it um so it is well it is in that regards moving on people um and apparently um in regards to fanti the young the young brazilian the young soon to be spanish youth international for barcelona taking the kind of taking the season by storm playing and playing quite well for barcelona apparently they want to hire a psychologist or something they don't want to and um i can't even say that word so i'm never gonna try that people i'm not gonna lie but long story short apparently barcelona want to repeat the same kind of case with Bojang where he was very young and everything happened for him and he had a panic attack which prevented him from initially debuting for the national team now we all know being a young player is hard there's people out there that are going to question him now that are already questioning him and won't fail to understand he's 16 he's learning much less playing for Barcelona much less with social media this is all a lot to take in because he essentially can't walk down the street anymore before he was playing for Barcelona's first team yeah he might be noticed on the street because he is Barcelona Academy and whatnot but Oh, that's so poor, people. He's playing with Lionel Messi and all of these sort of things now. People are asking him for his autograph. And he's 16. It's harsh to say, but he might not be there at 18. I think he will. I think he's a good player. But he's always going to be judged on things. And I think Messi made a good comment in that. I'm not going to speak about it because I, I saw it. I just I, I haven't got it to hand. But he said kind of the best thing Frank Rijkaard did at times was not play him. Do you get it, people? Obviously, he should get game time. But he should just be allowed to grow in a balanced way and take things as he stride when they come. It's a bit ahead. But even Kylian Mbappe, people fail to understand this. is He's a phenomenon and a phenomenon. And he's a special player. And he's going to go down as a serious player by the time he's finished in football. He already is a World Cup winner. But you need to remember, he's even still a young man, people. Um, so, yeah, man. Hopefully, fingers crossed, Fanti is given all he can to develop as a professional footballer, people. <laughs> Moving away from that. And yeah, man, I told you lot, Jaden Garth, I can't say his name, but he's 17 people. He's taken the thing by storm for Manchester City's youth teams. He's 17. I think he's been at Ajax and PSV, Munich, Chelsea, and all these teams wanted him. Whether he makes it at City is another choice. But if he develops, he has to get in Pep Guardiola's thinking. He's got all the party tricks, close control. Just watch the highlights against Shakhtar in the youth gen people, the youth league, whatever it's called. Always get it wrong. He is messed, people. On the, he can play on the right. He can play on the left. Close control. He can play simple, which he does need to do more often. Does The party tricks aren't always going to pop off for him, but I love the confidence, people. He plays with that health. He's, he's a serious player. You look, no, I never wax lyrical about players, but he's serious, people. Seriously. Um, so, yeah, man. Moving on from that, people. Shout out to... In fact, before moving on from that, look. shout out to a couple other City players as well. You've got Tommy Doyle. You've got Morgan Rogers, You've got Hodge of Republic of Ireland. Har, um, Harwood Dellis. CJ Riley. Dionku. Cole Palmer. 
Right, Phillips looks decent. You've got Howard McDonald, and you've got plenty of other players. What's that young striker I made a vid on? Tulowski, I can never say his name. Benambe, you've got Howley. Like, there's about 20, 30 good players at City. They're obviously all not going to make it there, but they're all going to have decent careers. Um, so moving on from that, people. Apparently, long story short, Arsenal players have voted for their captain in a sort of ballot ballot thing, people. I think I've spoken about it in video form and in my, at this moment, I'm recording the podcast, so the, uh, my Q&A won't be out, but it'll probably be out by the time this comes out. Um, uh, you know, Emery wants five captains, so I don't know if they're going to vote for one outright captain and Emery will make up the other four, or if they're voting for all five and the five with the most votes, according to the number of votes, will be captain and so on and so forth. Um, I don't know how it works. Is Emre just going to use this as simply to gauge the opinion of the squad, who they see as a leader, who they kind of doubt, and he's going to make a choice accordingly? Who knows? Um, if I had to make an educated guess, then the first captain in no particular order is obviously going to be Granit Xhaka. Now, regardless of fans' opinion on him, he polarises opinion. But... Emre plays him week in week out he bigs him up he talks of him highly if you read any Arsenal program he's always doing the sort of unofficial captain notes he seems to be captain in all but name apologies people one second <coughs> that's me Jesus Christ apologies yeah he seems to be captain in all but name so Xhaka's first um, I'd, I'd probably throw Louise into that I'd say Xhaka Louise I'd say outside of sort of thing, Rob Holding. Mesut Ozil and sort of, you know that Arsenal thing of old people where it was a captain but they weren't really playing week in, week out. It probably could be that. And really you're kind of struggling. You can, I think it's too early but I'd make a case for Tierney if he continues based on the Forest game. Um, you could obviously say holding. People were saying Bellerin earlier on in the season, people. A lot of the flavour of the months right now was because he's young and he's simply brave. Is obviously Matteo Guendouzi. If it was up to me, I'd, who would my choice be? No particular order. Lacazette, because he's done his thing at Lyon. And he stands up to be counted and he's got a good mentality. Regardless of his mistakes and his mishaps and the open book that is David Luiz I'd probably say David Luiz Rob Holden would be it for me um it's early but I'd say Kieran Tierney uh and admittedly you're kind of struggling for a fifth people I would I'm not sure for the language barrier with Torreira but I would love to say Torreira but he doesn't strike me as the most outgoing captain and for me I don't feel you have to shout and carry on like captains of old to be a, an effective captain. But I'm not really a fan of necessarily captains who like Kishoni led by example as opposed to, you know, sort of, you know, that alpha male sort of thing, people. Um, so we'll see how that one goes, people. When Emery announces that, it will be anyone's guess unless you obviously work for the club and already in the know, um, people. Um, should we have a quick look at the Premier League fixtures, people, on the quickest of ones? We might as well. Apologies if you can hear my Mac. I really should have printed these off, but Premier League fixtures. Mm -mm -mm. It looks a decent day still in the Premier League. First one, I guess, we'll start off is Spurs versus Southampton. Now, Spurs fans, you thought you was going to get away with it. I know you lot lost against Colchester. I know you lot lost against Leicester. And I know you drew in, in against Olympiacos or whatever happened in that other game, people. Um, 
Spurs, I don't want I don't think people should panic in things because obviously as football fans we love narratives. But if Spurs go on ten games unbeaten run, people are gonna look to this and say, Yeah, this is the moment Spurs as a club pulled together and it's remarkable. But right now it's all doom and gloom, question marks over the management, over have Spurs ran their cycle, over question marks over certain players. They're clearly just not playing well and, and a lot when you're when you're riding the form, it's football's a funny game. When you're in form, you win games you're not supposed to lose and you ride the momentum. Similar to when you're in the bad, worse of form, things that you didn't feel were going to go wrong, go wrong and just about everything goes wrong. Spurs are in the rut. Obviously, as an Arsenal fan, I hope it continues, but um, if they get through it, who, know, who knows? Now, they play Southampton. Now, Southampton drew with United and hopefully Southampton can do us a favour in that regards, claiming some points of Spurs. But if it's up to me, I think Spurs will win that about 2-3-0. In fact, let me say 3-1. I think Son and, and Lucas Moura will score. Hopefully Southampton win that. Um, Wolves versus Watford. Two sides that were kind of pushing on doing big things last season or based on where they finished. Have not started the season in great capacity at all. Wolves seen as someone kind of to do what Leicester is doing right now in terms of what Leicester are third or fourth right now in the league. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, doing that, it hasn't happened for Wolves. Watford, seen as building on from their FA Cup final last season and a top 10 finish, forgive me if I'm wrong, sacked their manager, brought back their old gaffer. So both teams will be trying to bounce back in that. You've got Aston Villa against Burnley. Now, if Aston Villa learn from their defensive mistakes from last last um, week, which cost them three points, really, against Arsenal, and incorporate what they did well, they could get a result against Burnley. Now, Burnley are away from home. You know what you're getting with Sean Dykes. Rigid, two banks of four, tough to break down, taking the, the advantage of set pieces. That's going to be a difficult game, and I would love to see what that game is saying around the 60th minute mark. Crystal Palace against Norwich. Now, that should be an interesting game. You've got Ayu in relatively decent form. You've got the Starman Zaha. Norwich have been playing and earning a lot of neutral plaudits and fans for the way they've played and taken to life in the Premier League. Um, so, that would be an interesting one. Sheffield United against Liverpool. St- um, still City Derby early kickoff. You'd back Liverpool based on how they're playing to... Com- um, record a convincing victory but going to Sheffield United isn't going to be easy they're not going to roll over it comes down to how focused they remain but the Liverpool are going to have to be at it you've heard their manager Chris Wilder saying yo listen there's no time for swapping shirts and all that sort of carrying on we've got a professional job to do if you want to do all of that do that after the game get sort of thing it's Chelsea against Brighton now you expect Chelsea to win that hopefully Brighton do their thing will Chelsea keep a clean sheet Everton against City. Now, Everton have been terrible this season, if you're honest with you. City, what? How much goals did they score against Watford last last week? Eight, seven, eight, people? What's going to happen in that game, people? I mean, if City lose again on the trot, I'm mean, not on the trot, if they lose again like they did against Norwich, what will people say, people? Again, people are quick to write narratives in football unnecessarily. Leicester against Newcastle is going to be an interesting one. Leicester, based on form, you'd back them to win that. Let Newcastle owe it to their fans to show something. And I know a lot of you have probably been watch- listening on and thinking, DG, go and blow your nose again, which I'm going to do. But I know a lot of you are also thinking, why are you delaying speaking about United-Arsenal, bro? Like, that's the elephant in the room. And you're right, Arsenal-United. I know a lot of Arsenal fans um, are kind of confident because of United's form and stuff. 
I'm confident as confident can be as United fan. I'm, it's a weird one because I say both sets of fans are confident but not confident. Were Arsenal fans, you're confident in that. Yeah, man, if, if, if Palace can do this thing against United, if this team can do this, we must can go there and get something. If you're United, you're thinking, nah, it's Arsenal. We've arguably played with worse teams and got something. They ain't won here since 2006. What's that? 13 years. My maths is poor. They're not coming to do nothing seriously here. But when you think of the backdrop of how the current teams are playing, it is a shaky one now both managers got extreme pressure on their backs people if Oli loses this game depending on the fashion there might not be a leg to stand on if Emre keeps loses a game like this again there might not be a leg to stand on whether both managers stay in the job I'm not too sure I Obviously, I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm going to say I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is more likely to be sacked if he loses than Una Emery. But it's a difficult game, people. I've seen United play with worse sides and beat us at Old Trafford. Like I said, we ain't won there since 2006. I finished primary school in 2006. So I've gone through puberty and all these things and I've not seen us win in the league there. Now, these hoodoos have to end one day and it should end. Now, Arsenal's away form is, is shaky, to say the least, people. We've got to go out there, and it, it comes down to who wants it more. We can sit here and talk about, and I will talk about it in the tactics board and all these things on YouTube, how the tacticalness and whatnot can be done for each team. But it comes down to who wants this, this more. The midfield battle is key. From an Arsenal perspective, obviously... We've got some dynamic midfielders, but if Xhaka plays, obviously not to scapegoat players, but there could be inconsistencies in our midfield. From a United perspective, Pogba is allegedly back, but past Pogba, who's really there? McTominay's good for what he offers the team, but he's quite capped in that. And there's not really any fluidity creating of chances. Damn right, scoring at United right now. And their away form isn't the best, similar to Arsenal. We're the away team. United are good at home they've lost at home this season but it's old trafford it's under the lights it's arsenal united if any fan player club staff isn't up for this game there's serious question marks over their commitment to this club people last season looking back arsenal threw that game away we should have won that i feel emre set us up perfectly players conceded dumb goals midfield runners lingard is literally scoring the minute we scored so it's coming down to game management for a United, from an Arsenal perspective where United, oh, we could look to exploit United, I feel they have a problem with crosses. I feel they get into shape well, but like you've seen, Maguire seems to have an issue aerially. They seem to have, get they get caught following the ball. I feel if Young plays left back, he's obviously, a, it, give him his credit for his, what, what people say, his experience, game management and all of these sort of things, he's good. But he's quite narrow defensively. If Pepe's on the right, he's got to exploit that. We've got to exploit the space in behind their fullbacks. From a United perspective, I would start Greenwood up front. Arsenal are not good with dealing with unpredictability. And he's probably, in terms of just in terms of how many times Arsenal have played them, Greenwood's somewhat a, a closed book. We don't, You don't know what he's going to get. Rashford's not playing, but you know Rashford's not a focal point. Martial seems to prefer coming in off the left. He doesn't know. And he, he links up well centrally, but I wouldn't say he likes to play with his back to goal. So United don't have a focal point. And I'm not necessarily saying Greenwood likes to play like that, but he's unpredictable. Lingard hasn't been in good form. So as an Arsenal fan, I'm looking at this. I'm saying you play Greenwood, you play Lingard in behind from a movement perspective. And let's face it, Lingard loves playing against Arsenal. And there's another key man who I'd say in Daniel James. I feel his people really had low expectations of him, so it's allowed him to somewhat adapt beyond the fact that he's gone from a humble team in Swansea and now joining, if not the biggest team in England and potentially the world. 
I know my friends are listening to me saying that, but Manchester United, um, no one had expectations. Obviously, I didn't give him no stick, but we we banter here and deluded. We all said, "What we're signing Pepe, you're signing Daniel James." He's he's humble pie. He's scoring. I'm not gonna say game in game out, but he's having he's having a healthy return in terms of goals for United, pulling his weight more arguably than some of the people that are expected to do more than him. I think he he's one of them who he might not be world class or anything, but I think he gets it in terms of what United's about and putting it in for the shirt and things. I think he's a manager's dream tactically because he listens to tactics. And I think he is a very positive angle. And I think he's someone that could scare Arsenal. He can shoot. He can cut in. Obviously, from an Arsenal perspective, there's a potential mismatch with you don't know who is going to play right back. Is it going to be Maitland-Niles? Again, people, I'm not sure on the ban. Is he back? Is he not? Forgive me if I'm wrong. Callum Chambers, based on form, deserves a spot somewhere. But we all know he's not exactly the best right back in terms of form he deserves it but right back there could be a mismatch Bellerin we don't really know his fitness and and all of these sort of things so you're looking at Daniel James if I'm United I'm telling Martial Lingard um, Greenwood to link up and interchange one thing United should take inspiration from is their counter-attack in their victory against Chelsea Chelsea have their own issues defensively but that is a potential area where they should look to exploit people from a their perspective from us people like i said we need to get in behind we need to have shots we have they they have a problem dealing with crosses but we don't cross enough like obamian don't obamian's skill set isn't necessarily crosses like that in terms of heading but we don't cross we don't essentially play with a focal point i think we've got to be brave it sounds silly but we've got to shoot now De Gea for me is a world-class keeper he's one of the best keepers in the world he's Kind of not been the De Gea of a couple of years ago. The last couple of years, he's conceded some goals, people. I'm not going to lie. I've looked at him. I'm like, yo, De Gea, are you that? It's kind of crazy. Xhaka scored one goal. He was kind of bukey then. We all, United fans, I'm sure you'd admit there's been some questionable... There's been a variety of questionable goals from De Gea. Take shots. You don't score unless you take shots. We need to take shots. We need to go there, ideally score in the first 10 make their crowd nervous and then make it down to the players to give the fans something to respond to obviously both fans let's be honest both sets of fans will take a draw we don't want to draw we want to win because of bragging rights and whatnot but we'll live to fight another day let's be honest with you so it'll be interesting man hopefully monday night arsenal win and break this hoodoo i mean I don't know what Emre is going to go there with. I'd go with a 4-3-3 or something of their sorts. There is a debate to play with a narrow diamond because United have a problem breaking teams down. But going to Old Trafford on that big pitch and trying to sit and be rigid is suicide in my opinion. We've been there before and tried to do that. I feel against United because of the context of the game. Almost damned if you do, damned if you don't. So you might as well go out there and have a goal. Now I'm going to say this for the final time. Please be careful of Manchester United's counter-attacks, people. That's the one thing I'll give them credit for. That counter-attack is dangerous, people. Obviously, we're what, 4th? They're 7th or 8th. They can potentially, and again, this is all without me talking about diff- goal difference, they can move above us. By the time both teams play, there's obviously we're not going to be in these positions because we're playing on the Monday and obviously the Saturday and the Sunday, most other teams will be playing. The games are coming thick and fast now, people. There's no excuses. After United, I could swear Arsenal are playing in the Europa League and then we've got, is it, is it, 
I don't even know who we've got on the weekend past that, people. Something's telling me it's Bournemouth. I could be wrong, man. I could be waffling. I'm thinking of Palace for some weird reason, but that must be a month into it. Either way, the, the period is coming for two, three games for both both sets of clubs, people. Neither club is going to take the Europa League serious beyond the carrot it brings in getting Champions League. And obviously, what I mean by that is both teams should be getting out of their groups. And then you see start to see more stronger teams. Right now, let the youngsters play. From an Arsenal perspective, United just haven't looked convincing in any of their games, people. It sounds cliche, but form goes out the window for me in these sort of games. Form just simply goes out of the window. Because, yeah, it just goes out the window. People, it just goes out the window. This is a game for heart and passion and whatnot. But if we just look at the games I've seen with United, I'd say they're sluggish. There's a lack of creativity. There's a lack of bravery. There's a lack of tactical ins- inspiration and organisation in, in, in large just not United players. So have a goal, people. They're making hard work of it. Yeah, it was a rotated team in the Europa League. But again, not the performance United fans would have seen, wanted to see. Rochdale took them to penalties. We have a day's break and it took them to penalties and them things there. So again, both teams have enough time to, to um, recover. But these finer margins. United, they put, be, to be fair with you, beyond the first game of the season. And I'm an Arsenal fan looking at it. So you look and say what you want. I don't feel United have been that real convincing beyond the Chelsea versus them game. And you could say Chelsea could have done better. But I give credit. I feel United's counter-attack up. So I'm going to say again, was quality people. It was it was da- it was was really dangerous people. So I'm going to give them credit where due. Um, so it is what it is in that regards people. Um, I also wanted to speak about something else as well people. So I'm going to speak about it quickly. Um, Martinez now I was reading Arsenal's program because of how manic it was trying to just simply get from work to Arsenal versus Nottingham Forest um, I felt it provided an interesting insight into just life as a professional footballer and the sacrifices now he's been at Arsenal almost a decade now I'm sure in a lot in fact it is a decade I'm sure a lot of Arsenal fans He's just permanently that 18-year-old second, third-choice keeper in your head, such as he's been here for time, people. Um, it's interesting. He's spoken on how he's... Obviously, he's gone from... He's arrived here as a boy and he's grown up here. He's gone on loan. He's not exactly been first choice, but he's grown up here. He's gone here, come here as a boy from humble beginnings, couldn't speak the language, had no clue where he is and if this would work out. And it's worked out at sorts. He's been a face consistently at the club he's at the end of the day he's had a career at Arsenal at a top six club a Premier League club of sorts he's grown as a man he's obviously met his girlfriend he's had a child he's settled he's gone out on loans to develop as a man and he's come back and he's wants to make a goal things at, at Arsenal whether he can take Leno's spot is a different thing but I'm backing him and it, I like the sacrifice he's obviously South American and people there's actually talk he'll be called up into the Argentinian side and I want to see all Arsenal players in whatever capacity get into these teams but um he said um what I liked is he actually didn't initially want to move to Arsenal not because he didn't want to move or didn't like the club but obviously he's a young man he wanted to stay in Argentina but in short he did it because his parents really struggling financially and this is a sacrifice people footballers people don't see with footballers man just to escape struggle and it and the segment that's of relevance it said um it was a brave move to come to the UK as a teenager did you feel brave at the time I was brave because I moved from my house in Buenos Aires when I was 12 and the decision I made was for my family. So he's already moved twice essentially as a young man before he turns. Well, by the time he's 16, he's moved to a different city and he's moved across the world. So big up to him, man. I can do that at that age, to be fair with you. 
and I'm sure many of you, if we keep it chill, couldn't. And you look at also here of Sadio Mane, like Mane completely just left Senegal and went to France and just called his family and said, yo, listen, I'm in France. And now he's a Champions League winner. It's true bravery, man, and commendable. But carrying on, people, it's almost teary. It's, he said, um, the decision I made was for my family. My dad couldn't afford to pay the bills. And to be honest, I didn't want to come here. I didn't want to leave Argentina because I was only 16, 17 when I flew from Buenos Aires to, to London. I was with Pablo Butner and Pepe Santoro, the Independente goalkeeping coach. And I just said to them on a the plane, I'm not sure if I want to stay because it was hard to move. I was training with the first team already at 16. I was a very promising young player. They used to call me the Marvellous Martinez at Independente. But my dad was struggling. My whole family was struggling. Obviously, I knew Arsenal because I loved football and watched their games on TV. The decision was to help my family first and then see how I got on. But as the season went on, I started to love English culture, started loving the club, started believing myself when I arrived. I had nine goalkeepers in front of me. But there's one thing that I've got, and that is always belief in my abilities. I've always said I didn't know if it would take one month or seven years, but I'll be number one. And that's that, that's that, that you want to hear that, man. Whether you can do it or not is a different story. But I like to know that he's someone that knows this can be taken at any chance. Any opportunity could lose your chance. He's had that hunger. Football is more than a game for a lot of these players. Um, and a lot of people growing up in London, obviously, let's cut the crap. Like, there's not as, there's poverty in London and people are growing up hard, but it's not the breadline of such in, in certain other continents. But um, it's not a game for him. It was a way out of poverty football literally he's taken the weight of his family's shoulders and tried to uplift them and improve their situation football is not a game to him to get it people and i like to hear this sort of stuff and it also shows that i wouldn't say fear but it's also like you know when you think you've got a good thing going if you don't take that leap where would you be because he was being called marvelous martinez at his home club in in argentina he was obviously there 16 years of age he had a good thing going he could have very well progressed there and been the keeper there and things could happen but let's just say their manager got sacked or he got an injury and it didn't happen for him then at some point he could have thought what if i did move to england but he did it for whatever reason, whether it was him personally, which he admits he wasn't at the time. He took that selfless decision to sacrifice whatever he thought he had going on, not just in football, but potentially in life in Argentina, to try and uplift his family. And that's what I like to hear, man, because people don't always hear these people's story, man. And hopefully, well, if you if you prove you're good enough, I'll back you all the way, man. And you, we all like to hear underdog stories like that, man. And that's a very good thing from him, man. Um so yeah, it was nice to it's nice to hear that from him personally, people. Um on that note, I haven't got re anything really to add, people. There's nothing really to add, so I'm not gonna force it and stay here any longer than I need to be. On that note, people deluded. Thank you for watching and rocking as usual. I'm out though. Bang. People deluded, I'm back again. Out and about as you can probably hear. I'm going to football. And I'm with my guy D again. If you're with me in terms of the podcast on a frequent basis, you know he doesn't quite frankly give a crap about YouTube and podcasts and things like that. So with that being said, yeah, can you introduce yourself, please, mate? I'm D, Spurs fan. That's it. <laughs> That's the league. He's excuse as well. As you can see, he doesn't really care. He's just excited about going football. So yeah, man, we might as well speak about a couple things. First and foremost, let's get to it. He said he's a Spurs fan. I'm an Arsenal fan. This stuff writes itself. You lost to Colchester, bro. Not only that, you lost to Leicester in the league and you drew against Olympiacos. So your last three games at all comps has been terrible. It's looking like the seams are unravelling at Spurs. What are you, what are you telling me? 
I don't think it's that bad. Come on, man. Honestly, I don't think it's that bad. People say make it out to be. Oh, yeah, we're going through a bad patch. Mm. The club, like, Poch- I don't know what Pochettino's in at the moment. As I've said before, that. <laughs> yeah, you said this in his last I, podcast. I don't, I don't mind him leaving, but <laughs> Spurs would have to have a serious backup plan. But I'm not. I don't want Poch to go. I want There's him to a legend, though. I want Carry on, to stay. Um, but as yeah. You love, you love in link with Allegri, so have yeah, we. So would you take that, pot slides yeah, out, goes from Madrid or something? Of course I would. <laughs> would, would, you, would you force it? Like, if Allegri's saying, yo, listen, I'm on this Swahar Lane thing and Poch is still acting now, would you would you slide it out? I want to see some tactical players, Spurs <laughs> play with an actual, have a game so plan when we out on the pitch. Like, That's so deep. <laughs> you don't think you've been going out there this season with a game plan? No, not at all. There's no game plan. I think Pochettino thinks he's he's given his philosophy to the team and, and they should go out and, and perform it, the same philosophy every week yeah. without actually giving pinpoint like actual so what would you say actual is, tactics that's true so what would you say is like obviously there's been mere little micro points but what would you say is the one major overriding factor is where I have, how Spurs have not had the best of its life to, to the start of the season what would you say is the single reason as to why that hasn't happened if you had to find one like for me as an Arsenal fan there's a bag of issues but me I, I, I pinpoint everything to how we defend to get like there's mm. other issues so if you as a Spurs fan what would you pinpoint it as the, not, if not necessarily the sole reason where would you more gravitate towards it's desire I think it's damn. like that's what I think damn <laughs> damn I'm saying they're not hungry in that no more yeah as simple, as simple as that like the players aren't going out there wanting to win the match thinking that they're better than the other team going through the motions and that yeah exactly so you don't feel anyone like not even Endo Gile want to go out there and do the thing yeah, but I, I, just, I just don't feel as a as a collective as a, whole, unit, as a group. Yeah, they're not playing for each other. There's no, you don't see no fluidity. There's no one-two passing. There's no. It's just nothing. No it's zipping. Just, yeah, it's just. I do think a bit. They're playing too slow. It's like watching under twenty threes for. Yeah, <laughs> I think a bit of it is because of uncertainties over futures. Like for me as an Arsenal fan, looking in one minute Ericsson's in, then he's out. There's still that sort of thing. I think a big part of it is, like you said, desire, and I feel a lot of it is uncertainties because Poch is one week he's staying, one week he's going. Then he's gonna get money, is he not? Several players. I think a big part of it is the uncertainty. I do as well. I, I don't think it's uncertainty. And I think cycles as well. The football. players can clearly stay. No one's forcing these players out. If they wanted to stay, they could. Like some players are clearly. Needed to go like one Yama, need like why is he still there? And obviously maybe a couple of the centre backs they, they they're, they're leaving and stuff. But the majority of the players, their their place is fixed in the team. Like Ali's not going nowhere, Son's not going nowhere. Why aren't these guys performing mm. to the standards they should be performing? Delhi, to be fair, well. last two seasons or eighteen months, Delhi's not had the best eighteen months. He's had really. a shocking, shocking last season. Yeah, absolutely very poor. Ericsson poor last season. Swear down. Yeah, poor. Wow. So yeah. he was the guys last season. Obviously, yeah, Kane, Son, Kane scores goals. Kane, Son. Son. Mora performed Mora, Mora towards second half of the season. Did he in games. Danny Rose, Danny Rose is a good player for me. He, he performs no matter what. He's, even though he's going through a lot, that, going that, through a lot off the that pitch. That girl sort of stuff. Yeah, he's, he's still performing. Still doing his thing, isn't it? Still doing the right thing on the pitch. All right, boom, yeah. Let me move on to. Obviously, we've just had that. You lost to Colchester and all that Spurs stuff. We stayed on a lot about Spurs. Let me uh, let me just quickly re-sign to you about Tim Sherrod. He wasn't happy with, obviously, when we beat Villa, Aubameyang gave the penalty to Pepe. Obviously, we've seen before, Aubameyang's been receiving a penalty off Lacazette when he was going through a bad patch. Aubameyang's done it for Lacazette as well. Pepe, bearing in mind, Pepe's a relatively decent penalty taker, obviously, mm. so at Leo. Um, like I said, we was chasing the game. I think when Pepe scored, it was 2-2 at that point. Um... Obviously, it could have went a different way if Pepe missed. Something could have happened. But let me read this to you and get your initial thoughts because Sherwood wasn't exactly a happy bunny. He said, I'm not happy with it. You're not a pub team. You're not, a sun- you're not in the Sunday League. 
where you think I'm going to help my mate out. You can take this one because I've scored a few goals this year. You're behind in the game. You need that goal. Stick to the plan. Aubameyang takes penalties. He just says to his mate, go on, you have a goal this time. Don't just give it to him because you want him. You want to give him a leg up and get his career started at Arsenal. Put the ball in the back of the net. Let him create his own chances. I don't want nice men. I want winners. Now, uh, before you carry on, I get a bit of it. He's not entirely wrong, but camaraderie is a good bit, a, a good mm. thing. Aubameyang's went through tough periods. Pepe, obviously, he's not playing amazing, but once you get that first monkey off your back, it mm. is a thing. And how does it same game plan? It's easy for us to assume because Aubameyang is the goal scorer, he's obviously going to take penalties, and I do believe he's the chief penalty taker. But... How do you know Pepe's not there? Because like we said, Pepe can take penalties. How do you know Emre didn't yeah. say, yo, listen, you take that? Yeah. So what do you think of that nonsense? I think it's nonsense. <laughs> I think it's nonsense. I think she was old school. I think, yeah, it's not, it's not really a story. It's We're that just it's, yeah, Pepe clearly needs to score a goal or to, to get to get not just the, not just um, a first goal in him, but to get the media off his back, to get everyone else watching Everyone's the game. Leave him alone in that, just neutral supporters and that, just surrounding what I've also spent money on. So I think, yeah, he just needs to score a goal. No matter how he scores, yeah, no matter how you get, you just have to, you just have to do it in it. You just have, you just have to do it. You're right about that, man. Tim Sherwood's a dud, man. I mean, he's just living off, he's just, he's just living off of, of Adebayo's little spell at Spurs and everything's <laughs> game, man. But um, did you hear about that? You that knee, knee stone? It's not on my papers, but did you hear about that knee stone? I think his name's Lamone Diaby. Basically, long story short, he stole a teammate's um, 70k Rolex. I think it was Dolberg. He's got, by the way, Dolberg gone from Ajax to Nice. Mm. So that's a mad thing in itself, and we can speak about that. But like, yeah, he clapped his watch. He got found basically. What do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> Young guy trying to get a car. Trying to bring it's, it's happened before. It has happened before in football. So I'm not actually surprised. I'm not shocked by anything. Any kind of story like that. Do you think it's his career over? Nah, can't. Not, it's just a thief, innit? Can't yeah. bury him still out here playing war, man. <laughs> I mean, how can Barry not catch shades? You know, all he's doing is just chilling off in Belgium. He's not doing nothing to you. Oh, he man. did not trouble you at all, and you're joining he'll him find, up. He'll find a club. It depends, actually, if he's fully developed yet. Or if he's... Nah, he's a young 18 year old still. He, young might, he might still make it. What I was going to say to you is this, yeah. Have you seen, have you been in touch with anything in regards to uh, Bernardo Silva and, and Mendy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, a mad thing, isn't it? it's a mad, it's a mad thing, but it's a good point. What um, John Barnes, I heard John Barnes ah, have it. Barnes is kind of rubby. I know, I know, yeah, I know. Okay, I you know. Might, I might not bring you on this thing again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't like you. Kind of rubby, Gigi. No, <laughs> but he had a good point. What, so what did a, he say? He said, he said, um, it's not. Bear in mind, he backed Phil, uh, he packed Peter Barnsley as well, and dismissed his thing as banter. But go on. No, no, no. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm not. I, say I'm just trying to make Barnes look rubby. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah. It's true. What you talk about. But the point is what he was saying. The tweet itself isn't bad. Is you have to like you have to look at the racism of the actual cartoon. Yeah. The cartoon yeah. itself is racist. Yeah. But With I'm big not, lips and that. Yeah, but comparing like Mendy to the cartoon. Yeah, it is mad. For me, it's not, I, I I don't feel he was being racist. I feel it's a touchy one because obviously banter. You know, my, we know ourselves. We banter with some of our man them to yeah. extreme extents, but we won't go out there and pull it in the public. I feel he's entitled to. I don't like it, but he's able to banter him. The problem is you've taken what could have been on WhatsApp or whatever, and you yeah, pull it yeah, into yeah, the public yeah, domain true, now. Yeah, so yeah, it's true, like now true. everyone has an opinion it's on true, it. True. And what I feel as well is, even though I've just said that I feel it was banter. You can't tell an next man that he does he can't find that offensive yeah, to yeah, get. He can't true. brush it exactly, off. Yeah. And that's what I think Pep Guardiola did as well to a bit of a bit of a thingy as well. He kind of dis kind of yeah. kind of distanced that you could be offended by this. Mendy Mendy's clearly not offended by it and they tried that half hour sort of video follow up thing. But 
just because Mendy's not offended by it it's doesn't not, mean the next one. It's like the Italian fans view to racism in their country. It's the same mm. thing, really. It's like it's just people just brush it under the shoulder when it's like... It's ignorance. It's an underlying, there's an underlying bigger picture, like bigger concern. Would you, like, would you say there's an ignorance in, in the Italy's, the Spains and whatnot because didn't Iniesta do this? Griezmann done the blackface, yeah, Iniesta yeah, did exactly. it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Can't all these little incidences like that. That's they do saying. it in Holland for around Christmas. They dress up in that St. Peter's thing. Um, so it's mad. But obviously I've mentioned Guardiola, so I might as well read what he said. I don't, obviously, a bit of context behind what I've copied and pasted. They've obviously, he, he was asked in relation to not just that, but um, the FA doing what they want to do to him. So he said, I don't know what is going to happen, but they should put focus on other issues. Bernardo is one of the most lovely people I've ever met in my life. He speaks four or five languages. That is the best way to understand how open-minded he is. And one of his best friends is Mendy. He's like a brother for him. The image of the two is about the colour of the skin. I mean... That's a bit mad. They obviously are boys. There was at Monaco, that yeah, city. Yeah, yeah. They're dons and that. Like you can bet, Mendy's probably said a mad thing to Bernardo Silva. Mm. But it's like at least as silly as Mendy is on social media, he didn't go and fling it out there. Yeah, it's true. It's like true. Bernardo might have that. I don't know if it's because he's where he's from. He might have thought everyone would interpret it the same way. We do live in a PG society, but I do think it's irrelevant. But he, for me as well. The main it's, thing. It's stupid on Bernardo Silva's. Yeah, like nobody when, thought, yo, listen, yeah. this might be a bad idea. Yeah, exactly. Like, and then he tried to say you can't even joke with your friends again. It's like, no, no, if no, you no, get no. caught with that, at least yeah, be like, yo, yeah. listen, woo woo, ah uh, ah. Uh, yeah. It's me, innit? Like, I hold my hands up. It wasn't intended to be racist, it's banter, but I pull it in the public domain now. And it's a mad thing, really and truly, for you lot. So I fully get that. Um, you watched any, you seen any highlights of the games and that in terms of the Cat Yarrow Oh, no, after Spurs, man, you know, I switched off everything. Mad thing, <laughs> mad thing. You see, Saka, Saka ended up moving crazy, Nelson and that, moving mad. How do you think United versus Arsenal going to go? Because that must be lovely for you, you hate both of us. I hate both of them, but I think, I think Arsenal clearly got a better opportunity to win that. Yeah, you're just saying that. No, I mean, think about Youngsters versus Youngsters, who's going to win that? It's true, but he's at Old Trafford, bro. Your second team is better than, than yeah, Man United. I, I can't lie, arguably seen worse Man United teams beat Arsenal. Like that's it doesn't all the injuries, all these things is irrelevant. It's United, it's under the lights, it's Arsenal versus United. We're poor at Old Trafford. We ain't won this since 06 in the they're league, bro. Put, yeah. They're gonna have to put out a, a mad squad. Yeah. It's only Pogba in that, really. Like it's only Paul Pogba, you know. Like it's only all you got is Paul. All you got really is Paul Pogba. I don't know if they'll play Fred and any of them things there. Um, Alright, but to wrap it up though, I forgot to ask you. Forget all of that. Who would you say? Who's your player of the season so far? So far. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard, man. It's got to be hard to know. Sterling. It's either Sterling, yeah, Sterling. I might even say Mane. You know, the Prem Mane and that. Yeah, Mane's Mane's a well. I won't say Daniel James, but I feel he's he's been a bargain. I'd say he's bargained the season so far in terms of they spent yeah. 50 million. I mean, he's, he looks like he ironically is one of the one players that gets what United's about. Yeah. Potentially because of his like. I was I was laughing at the signing as well. Yeah, no, we was bannering the thing. Yeah, it was yeah. like we're signing Pepe, you lot signing whatever, and you're getting Daniel James. Didn't like, see any potential in him? Yeah, like, it's clearly fair enough. It's yeah, 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 it shows that there's gems out here. Like, was I personally feel because there was no expectations? Because no disrespect to me, does sound like a Joe Blog sort of done. Mm. It's allowed him to thrive. But I feel he's a, a United. Player, he gets it. He's not amazing, but he gets it. He's scoring goals. He must be a coach's dream. He works hard. There are gems out there in the championship. What about Tammy Abraham? Tammy Abraham's doing his thing. Another one was bantering, yeah. and he's doing his thing. He's moving kind of mad as well. Like he's probably. You think he get called up for the Euros? I think he needs to be quiet about all this. Because who is there really? There's him. 
Apart from Kane, obviously, they're like, saying they're saying Vardy's coming uh, back. Yeah. Clearly, the Vardy thing, <laughs> like they're not gonna, they don't. England don't play to Vardy's strengths and that man. He'll just go as a utility. Man. I swear he called it a day as well. Yeah, like, he's exactly. not on that. He shouldn't be allowed to come back after you call it a day. I mean, it's it's Tammy Abraham or Solanke and the man. They're there, saying like. Callum Wilson's in the side as well, isn't it? Nah. So he's a he's another. He's a baller, but, ah, like England ain't really. There's not really any number net. Like Rashford will probably can play there. They don't like. need one. They got Sterling. Yeah, but it's like no, but you gotta think tournament football, bro. Like you need what, that Rashford, in the squad. Yeah, Rashford will go, nah. won't he? Yeah, he'll go, but it's exactly what I'm saying. You, you, can't you, lie, there's a good chance Wolves might go if he's fit. Bro. <laughs> you know how Southgate is, man. You no, know Wolves never going. Like, no, that's Southgate's no, no, done. No, no, he's, no, but, 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 he, he, he scored. He scored for yeah. Watford yesterday, but doing his thing. Doesn't matter. It's, it's done. That's deep, but it's done, bro. At Arsenal, there's more youngsters, bro. I was about. To, I thought he still played for Arsenal. It's kind of mad, but did you? Hey, have you heard Rio Ferdinand? You need to listen to Rio Ferdinand's thing on Poet and Vuge, but. He's talking about bare stuff. He spoke about kick it out. How he don't feel. He didn't feel with the whole anti Ferd- and and Anton Ferdinand thing. Kick it out. Supported enough. He was saying how they didn't even want to. He said he didn't want them to take a side. But even in the courtroom, just wear the t-shirts as a message. He's saying they bottled that. He said how he he, he knew Silas Ferguson was his done. But there was a moment where so he clocked Silas Ferguson really was his done. Mm-hmm. It's like um he didn't find him and whatnot. So yeah, man. Like, do you, you look on the weekend? Southampton at home. You think you bounce back? Have to, yep. Man said have to. You got no choice, innit? No choice at all. Might <laughs> um, be more question marks, so it's gonna get worse. I think it'll be two, two, maybe three nil Spurs. Hopefully not. What's your prediction to end it? To end prediction for what? To end this, to end this podcast thing, bro. We got, we got football, bro. Can you see them man there? Spurs, Spurs, Spurs. We do well. We'll do well. The scoreline, dog. Guys, not trying to. <laughs> no, guys, not trying to score like you. have to give the fans something, bro. Two nils Tottenham. You don't. You sure you don't want to do two one for insurance? No, no, no. no. I have to get a clean sheet as well. Oh yeah, off topic. Yeah, did you did you download? I uh, bought FIFA. You know, I bought PS4. Like, it needs to hurry up and ship. Um, like they said, I'm gonna get it on Friday, so it needs to come. For. I'm gonna smack all you lot up. I'm gonna smack all of these subscribers up in that. <laughs> but like, on that note, people, love to my guy Vidal for the 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 almost almost snitched on yourself. Love to my guy D for coming out here and doing his thing. I'm out, people. Obviously, check out all my YouTube content and things like that. It's time to kick ball. This is out.